We need you to promote your new book on the Lost City. You can't spend your life in the bathtub drinking Chardonnay with eyes. Oh, but that sounds so heavenly, though. Maybe instead of Chardonnay, it's like a nice, sweet German Riesling. Yeah? You would go there. <laughs> I did go there. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast, where age is nothing but a number in life and in fandoms. I am Sheila Amato, and you can find me and my wife on our website at www.foreverfangirls.com. I am Kimberly Amato, and you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Forever Fan Pod, same handle, three socials. We are your hosts, and we're glad you can join us. And we do have a great show lined up for you. I say that every week. Well, every episode you can you every episode you can change it up if you want. I really um, I personally really liked this movie. We, it was the first time we ventured to theaters to see mm-hmm. The Lost City. It is the latest Sandra Bullock film. Yes. Um, and as always, we are going to be talking about major plot points. So if you have not seen Lost City yet, please pause us, watch the film and then come back to listen to our discussion. So. When we went to see this, it was actually um, before it was actually released because it was. Which I didn't know. It was an advanced screening for for folks to to go see the movie. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe we can go. And and we ended up going on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Tuesday night. And it was still, it was, there was people there, a good amount of people, but they were spaced out. Yes. And so it's like, okay, we. We got to eat popcorn. And we did wear masks when we weren't. Yes. You know, eating. Um, we were wearing masks, and like I said, we were spaced out. Which I, what I didn't know about this theater is that they had little tables. Yeah, well, it's so I could put my popcorn on the table, but my bottle of water. Okay, I have to do this tangent. My bottle of water was broken, so every time I went to take a sip of water, it like peed on me. See, you just wanted to be like you know in that scene where they were in the jungle. You wanted to be just wet. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I was, I thought you were going with, you just wanted to reenact your nephew peeing on you, but no, you went into- No, I was, I was trying, I'm tying it to the movie, but anyway. So anyway, uh, you should be able to, if everything goes the way we've seen it going, you should be able to see this uh, on Paramount Plus approximately 45 days after the official release, which, which was, was 325. Yep. So, you know, give and take, I, they could change. I know it always says subject to change, but it's yeah. possible. Yes. So with that, let's go ahead and get this party started, shall we? Um, um, no, no, no. So this summary is going to come from Google. And because it's about a writer, I have to do this. Reclusive author Loretta Sage <laughs> writes about exotic places in her popular adventure novels that feature her handsome cover model named Ellen. You know, whenever you do that, I can't hear you. (laughs) Reclusive author Loretta Sage writes about exotic places in her popular adventure novels that feature a handsome cover model named Alan. While on tour promoting her new book with Alan, Loretta gets kidnapped by an eccentric billionaire who hopes she can lead him to an ancient city's lost treasure from her latest story. 
determined to prove he can be a hero in real life and not just in the pages of her books, Alan sets off to rescue her. And hilarity ensues, of course. Um, and I was actually looking at like different trivia for this movie yep. and some fun facts. Principal photography took place in the Dominican Republic. So like the all of those scenes where they were in the jungle. See, that just makes me want to go to DR and go hiking through those trails. Because you, you and I both mm-hmm. love hiking through yeah. um, jungle, rainforest. Yes, rainforest. Yes. They're like really cool. Um, Except for the spiders that creep me out. <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, and then the other fun fact that I thought was interesting was that the original title was actually called The Lost City of D. But apparently it was dropped and renamed The Lost City. And we will put a link in the show notes so that you can like read that's, all about that's it. That's actually really good that they changed that because the first thing that came to my mind was Tenacious D. Oh, well, it was for something else that was kind of, yeah. Re- click on the link and oh, read it, the story. Was it a, was it a um, NSFW conversation in regards to the Lost City of D, Not Safe for Work? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, what acronym are you throwing at like me the, that the I don't understand? just there. Um, <laughs> so should we just jump into the good? Yes, let's jump into the good. Sandra Bullock. Oh my gosh. I, I, have, I have really want, like anything that Sandra Bullock does since Speed, the first one, and um, Miss Congeniality, it's like, oh my God, I, I just have to watch movies that she's in. It's like, it's like given. She does have amazing comedic timing. Oh yeah, it's just great. You know, the the only thing I can really compare her to is she reminded me, and, and then when they were on screen together. Um, together with who? Betty White. Oh, okay. The two of them on screen together and the, the way she carries herself on screen, it's just for me, I mean, I didn't grow up with Betty White until mid 80s. Mm-hmm. And to see that now with Sandra Bullock, I'm like, oh, she just has that very reminds me a great deal about Betty White and how Betty White would play and, and her com- uh, comedic timing and the, the zingers, even mm-hmm. when she does speeches or, or whatever. There's there's a lot of that in there. Yeah, I, I just love everything that she's in, except maybe speed too. Wasn't sure about that one. Speed 2 is kind of like Voldemort. <laughs> the movie that shall never be named. <laughs> uh, but for me, um, you know, aside from Sandra Bullock, like my boy is Channing Tatum. Ever since I saw him in Step Up. Like, ooh. Um, so wait, yeah. wait, he's your celebrity crush? He is. Because he can dance. He can actually dance. So wait a minute, he's your celebrity crush, but you make fun of me for like thinking Justin Timberlake's my celebrity crush? No, you can have that all you want. Well, I just no, don't I'm, just, I just, I'm curious. No, I just don't see the appeal of and my apologies to all Justin Timberlake fans there. I just don't get the appeal. Okay. I was just I'm curious cuz Channing Tatum to me when I look at him he's very handsome. Mm-hmm. And he's very funny. Mhm. But I just I look at him and I'm like, "Okay, cool." Yeah, so you that's know. how you look at Justin. Yeah, hmm. I'm just I'm fascinated. See, when Channing Tatum can dance and Justin can sing. Justin I don't know if can Justin can dance too. Huh? I'm no. I'm just I'm fascinating because sometimes you tease. You're fascinating. Me. I'm fascinating. I meant I'm fascinated. Whoops! Wrong button. I'm so sorry. Poor Suzanne's going to be like in every podcast uh, it's from all now good. until we stop doing this. It's all good. But um, 
when, when we're dealing with celebrity crushes, it's always fascinating to me what people see. I like to, to understand what people see in a, in a different person. That's all. Yeah. And, and it is as diverse as. I will say one thing Channing Tatum has done in his past that made me find him to be an amazing human being. Mm-hmm. Lip sync battle when he dressed up as Elsa for his daughter and did let it go That's on lip sync awesome. battle. And I will put it in the show notes if okay. I can find the video clip. It's uh should be on YouTube still. But anyway, okay. I digress. <laughs> so, yes. So that's Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Radcliffe is also in this movie as Abigail Fairfax. And Abigail apparently is a unisex name. Yeah. I did not know that. I thought that was I, like a gag in the movie. But I've only known that because I've read it in books. Oh, okay. So I am behind the times. Well, no, it's just as a writer you become a better writer by reading more. So the more I read, the, mm. you get the point. <laughs> okay. Now I actually did like Daniel Radcliffe in this because he, it was like, I, I love Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And so I see him as, you know, Harry and to see him in this, like all dressed up and being like a, the, the debonair billion, billionaire in see, a full beard. That's fascinating to me because you and I watched, or well, maybe you didn't. Cause you sometimes when I watch a movie, even though you're there, you sometimes do not off because you wake up super early. Mm. We watched uh, Now You See Me 2, and he had the full beard, and he was an evil villain. And We watched that? Yes, with the four horsemen. We watched it, and you were like, I don't... I remember the first one. Yeah, you watched the second one. It was on Showtime. Okay, sorry, we're, we're digressing here. No, really. that's fine. It's just, I, I agree with you. He plays the villain. The villain? The vil- <laughs> I can't talk today. Oh, my Lord. You came back from Miami and you can't talk. Right? I met Tua. <laughs> That's why. And you, you You're still on to, cloud nine. I'm still on it's it was seventy eight degrees, seventy nine, and then freezing when we came home. But anyway, what was oh yeah. <laughs> he brilliantly plays the villain. Yes. Always. And he's I know he's you know, he's got this innocence about him. But you know, it's just he comes on screen and I'm like, oh no, what is he gonna do? You know, yes, and he does it with a smile, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so menacing. It, he can play anything. Mm. He's very versatile, but like, I like it when he plays the villain. Yeah. Anyway, Dave Hine, Joy mm-hmm. Randolph, is also in this movie as Beth Hatton, Loretta's friend and publisher. Yes. And she actually saves the day at the end, because then she picks them up in the in the boat when yep. they, they finally are like... Free from the volcano. <laughs> she just leaves her luggage. She's like, this done. <laughs> I need to find my friend. So I think that was the, I think that was the scene that I, I missed. Cause so while we were in the theater. Okay. Broken water bottle had to chug it. You know what that means? <laughs> you had to pee. So I missed the leeches scene. You didn't. You no, didn't. I, I missed how they got there. Yeah. You missed how they got I there. I came back when his pants were down and she was staring at his butt and his. <laughs> yes. That, um, and then I missed the scene with uh, 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 Beth throwing her luggage because I'm like, okay, wh- what happened? <laughs> and I was Where trying are to we? Tell you, I'm like, she just walks up and goes, I need to find my friend. They're like, we closed. She's like, the police said what? You closed? <laughs> no, right? Um, but yeah, it it was actually really great how she was the she was really trying to to find her friends because um, Alan. Mm-hmm. You know, she couldn't. She couldn't get a hold of Alan. She didn't know where they were. So she was. She wanted to make sure that they were okay. And so she was doing her own, like rescue mission. 
you've encapsulated everything about Beth that I love the perfect sidekick, best friend, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that was brilliantly done. But can I just say that, um, Alan going, I know a guy I met him on a retreat (laughs) and it's just all of a sudden here comes Brad Pitt (laughs) as Jack Jack trainer. And they're like, really? He's like, no, really? That's his name. That's not how you didn't put him in the phone as Jack. Who's a trainer. No, that's his name. Huh? That was actually, it was, it was expected comedy, mm-hmm. but it was comedy that worked. Yeah. And it was it was a great cameo for Brad Pitt that, you know, he was like really the, the dashing debonair, the real life dashing debonair. The, the best part, though, was when Alan tells Jack, and again, because we can't see this on streaming, we didn't get to watch it more than once. Mm-hmm. So forgive me if I have to like pause and like reminisce like try for to, a second. T- try to remember the scenes. Yeah. But when Alan goes, just, you know, let me say, shh, you're all right now. Okay. I just, I, I just need to say that. And Jack's like, fine, whatever, but just stay out of my way. I will go get her. I will take care of everything. And then they're running back with Sandra Bullock in a wheelbarrow. And they're both flipping. Jack's flipping his hair and running. And well, because he had the actual long locks. He was the character more than Alan. Right. And then they get to the car and they're trying to get her out of the chair. He's like, shh, you're all right now. And Alan's like, yeah. I know. He, was, he, I thought I was going to say that, man. Right. And then right after he did he, that, it was like, poof. Like, wait, what? <laughs> and then they start screaming. <laughs> he shoves her in the back of the truck in the chair. It's like, okay. It's like, poor Alan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But it, what's what's really great about this movie is that the, the chemistry between Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock playing their characters was really v- believable. You know, you could you can see her as you know the the widow who lost her husband and she's trying to you know get she's trying to hide from that pain mm-hmm. right she doesn't want to get hurt again and alan is trying to like you know trying to break down that wall if you will and, and get closer to her yeah and in the same token because she's also struggling to write mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to deal with love she doesn't want to deal with romance she doesn't want to deal with anything anymore mm-hmm. because her heart's broken and you know, he is, like you said, breaking down the walls and she's allowing him in to reignite the fire that allows the books to come to life. Mm-hmm. So I still think it was hysterical, though, when he shoved her in the back in the chair. No, Well, for me, I was cracking up when they were like in the hammock trying to. <laughs> oh, yeah, trying to fit together. It's like, oh, oh is God. that you? What, what's your hand? What I are you doing? It's like, no, don't. Do, do, do. <laughs> the sad thing is when they woke up, that's how you and I sleep, except I'm snuggling you. Well, yeah. But it's all good. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> you loved the leeches scene. I missed half of it. You did not miss that scene. Well, you no, missed I, getting I missed, them yeah, there. But they, they, I thought it was hysterically funny. What I did see. What did you think? About the leeches scene? Yeah. yeah it was hilarious. Because okay. I'm like, okay, she has the sequence. I would think that it would actually be on her more than him. Well, but maybe sequins are the barrier. <laughs> I know. Maybe right? the leeches couldn't get through the sequins because it was so skin tight, and they're like, "No, no, we can't was, squeeze it, in here." It was, it was too bright. I can't see. I no, can't. I'm see. thinking they might not be able to make it in between the skin and the sequins because <laughs> she basically was saying, you know, she was basically painted in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Um, so what else is good about this movie? I actually loved the music. Like, especially mm. when, you know, they had, they had like 80s and 90s songs that I really loved, like True by Spandau Ballet, and then 
final countdown. When- See, and for me, it was Shadows of the Night because it's just, I saw Pat Benatar oh, in concert eons okay. ago. And it's just an amazing song. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Yeah. So, like, I was like dancing in my seat going, Yeah, oh, you were. Music. I was worried about water peeing on me. <laughs> it's true. You were distracted. I was distracted. I'll be honest. I was distracted until the water bottle was gone, and then I was distracted because I had to pee. Oh then my goodness! And I came goodness. back, and I'm like, "All right, let me watch it now." Well, I guess we're going to have to stream it again when it, well, comes, when it out. comes out. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So, any Jumping other good? into the themes, we can go right ahead. All right. Look, writing a novel is hard. Yes. Finding the drive. Finding the time organizing, plotting, writing physically, editing, Mm -hmm. all of that is so hard, especially when your heart is broken and your head is so cloudy. Yeah. And as writers, you have to give yourself grace and be patient. But unfortunately, as we hear, you know, Beth is going, it would be great if we had more of the book. It would be great if, it would be great if. That's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And... The theme for me was things are very, very hard when you've gone through a traumatic event. You need to be patient and you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. But but conversely, though, you know, you can't hide forever. No, I don't say hide. I say take care of yourself, get help, get therapy, you know, Mm, make sure that you give yourself grace and patience, you know, change your your method of, say, going about writing, do something. And I understand that for the plot point of this film, Mm -hmm. you know. she needed to be the way she was but i just think one of the themes that were in here is you need to not hide you need to understand that what you're doing is hard but you need to be able to live you need to find a way with help what have you right um for me the the biggest thing that i got out of this and maybe it's because you know i was in tune to alan as um shedding tatum well not not necessarily that but you know he he really is he was you know hyping up the fact that he is a cover model, right, for romance novels. Yeah. And that's what everybody sees, you him know, as. sees him as. But he was really trying to show that you know, it's he's not just that two-dimensional thing. He is a three-dimensional person with more depth. No one just gave him you know, the, a second thought, including, um, including Loretta, right? You know, in that scene in the jungle... After after the hammock scene, right? Mm-hmm. They they woke up and she just said, "You know, I picked you as my cover model. That's that's all you do, essentially." And he said, "You know, th- he was actually embarrassed to be a cover model. Like, what would his friends think?" And then you know he realized, well, it makes other people happy. So why would he be embarrassed about that? Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's it's showing a little bit more about his struggles with it that he was having trouble embracing that um that aspect of it and he had to work through it too right so don't judge a book by its cover essentially very much so i agree with that a great deal um just a core uh, kind of related to that is that you know the the script that you think about someone might not be all of it right you have preconceived notions of people because of what they present yeah but it's not always the case well just like with writing, everybody's like, oh, you must have all these great adventures in your head and you must have all of this romance. Remember, some of the fans were asking random questions about books and she's mm-hmm. like, I, they only are here for Alan. Mm-hmm. They don't care about me. They don't care about the archaeological, and I'm sorry if I didn't pronounce that right. I have a 
Well, the, the, ac- the science stuff. The science stuff. Yeah. The history stuff. They right. were there for the romance. Right. And in a sense, it's also don't judge the fans either because the fans also, they do love that stuff. They love the story. There's a reason they love his character and his character is so beloved because of what he does within the story. So it's uh-huh. kind of like everybody around you, you have to take everything on a case by case basis. Correct. Yeah. So any other themes that we should touch on? Don't close your heart out because mm. you can find love again, whether it be love of what you do, love of a pet, love of family. Don't ever close yourself off. Yeah. Easier said than done. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's always the, you know, taking that leap of faith. I was thinking of a song just now and I was going to say it and then it fell out of my head and now I have no idea what the song is. <laughs> That's okay then. Um, maybe that's our cue to move on. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So the bad. Okay. Go ahead. Well, all right. For me, the script is thin, right? It's, um, in your words, it's predictable. And, and when, when a movie is predictable to me, that means it really is thin because I can, I can like see what's going to happen. Okay, but was it thin or was it predictable because it was formulaic? The premise was pretty far-fetched. Okay. Right? And it, I don't know, it just, to me, it wasn't as, like, the the only way I can compare it to, like, miscongeniality, I, I could see where the film was going, but it was, it had more meat on the bones, I, I just, I can't explain it more than that. See, for me, I kind of took a different avenue mm-hmm. or a different perspective. Yeah, the, the script is not like, you know, again, like you said, it's not a, a massive amount of meat on the bones. Mm-hmm. But it's a genre of, of film that really we haven't seen for quite some time. So it was interesting that they revived it. It's a version of romance that we haven't seen for quite some time. Okay. And I took it as we were really living Loretta's book. Yes, okay. it's it's written in a way where, you know, they fall in love in the end, the best friend is there, everybody's happy, everybody's, you know, all that other uh, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brad Pitt being at the end scene. Oh my God, that was hilarious. That was like, wait, you're dead. <laughs> we only use 10% of our brains. Uh, yeah, but it, it's funny. The The thing that I took it as was we are looking more at the overall arc of her stories as opposed to them living it. Like I took it as we're watching a film about her books. Oh, interesting. Okay. So she just happened to be living it. And considering the beginning we saw and even section to the trailer where she's like, delete, delete, Mm -hmm. delete. Were we really living that happening or was she writing it? And she was finishing the book at the end. Because remember, like I said, in the beginning, she's writing it and she's like, all these snakes just happen to be here. And she's like, delete. And he's like, you know, my character's really good. Delete. Were we watching a film about Loretta going through this or were we watching the live writing of her writing Loretta going through this? Oh, see, I didn't see it that way. But that is a very interesting perspective from your author brain. Yeah, my author brain. Delete, (laughs) delete, delete. My author brain deletes a hell of a lot. (laughs) That's a bad. Uh, my author brain deletes a hell of a lot. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, so I'm going to, uh, one of the, it's like, I don't know if it's a bad or if it's just a, huh, 
I am old enough to remember a movie from 1984 called uh, Romancing the Stone. It had Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas. Okay. You know, she's a best-selling author of romance novels. Her sister's kidnapped over a treasure map. They find it first. People are trying to kill them. They fall in love and scene. Mm. Personally, The Lost City is much, much better. <laughs> oh, See, I've never seen Romancing the Stone, so I don't know. And then watching this, it is much better, but it reminded me, like I even said to you in the beginning, um, when they were in the jungle and everything, I'm like, this is Romancing the Stone. <laughs> and you were like, what? Well, that's because I had no reference to Romancing the Stone because I've never seen it. Yeah, so that's a I guess guess is sort of bad for me because you made me remember that other movie. Oh no! <laughs> anyway, but, but you did say that Lost City is much better. So it is. Know. That's why I'm saying it's a bad though because it reminded me of a bad film, <laughs> okay, or a film that I disliked. And watching it now, I dislike it even more. Uh, you saw it recently? Well, I was scanning through it because I'm like, is it really? Is it really? Is it really? Oh, okay. Well, that must have been when I was working because I don't remember you doing that. Yeah. Anyway. It was. So, any other bad? Having to go to the bathroom with a broken water bottle? Oh, my goodness. Okay. On to the cute then. Brad Pitt's Jack Trainer. He was a, it was just the characterization. <laughs> and it was like a caricature, I guess, of like all of the beautiful, like, you know, special agents that go deep undercover. But, you know, though, a lot of the, like, you know, the Jason Bourne and the Jack Reacher the characters. Yeah, they they all have short hairs. This is the first, short hairs? Short, short hair. All of them are short, honey. <laughs> they have short hair. Um, whereas, you know, Jack Trainer actually has like these long locks. Well, but the thing is, I think it was a play on that. Because if you, if you, you're right, they all have like crew cuts or mm-hmm. their shaved heads or, or whatever. But when you look at this, it's the cover model come to life. So <laughs> it's so great. It was adorable. And then the way he's just flipping, he said, I'm come to save you. I know. You know? <laughs> like strong and smart, but then he's not smart enough to like stay alive. I, I understand. Strong and smart, but he's not smart enough to realize they're still coming after you. Get her in the car and leave. Right. Well, you know, I, I understand that that's a plot point so that they can get rid of that character so that Alan yeah, and... The movie would have ended right there. Right. Exactly. So it's like, okay. Because you could see Loretta's character like really getting drawn to Jack Trainer. So I'm yeah. like, ah, okay. Yeah. All right. She uh, was getting drawn to a caricature of what she had written. Mm-hmm. But... It, it, yeah, I thought it was adorable. It it is. It's just it's just it's great. I and just Alan, love that. Alan trying to deal with it. It's I like, know it's hey, like no, I'm right I'm, here. I, yeah, exactly. We're here to rescue you. And she's like, Alan, him getting off the plane with his neck pillow. <laughs> that is that is me. That is you. I'm that like, just totally came to my head that I, I thought it, that was. And he's walking the runway, and his his luggage keeps getting stuck in the off the side uh-huh. uh, side path and everything. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, because when and then they get into the little car. <laughs> No, like, see, I almost half expected you to to do the clown music when you saw, yeah. I'm like, yeah, they're they're both over six feet and they're getting into this tiny little car. Um, okay, so at the end of the film, for me, this is my cue. Big Energy by by Lado, I think that's how you pronounce it, is playing right, and it's it actually reminded me of another film that Channing Tatum was in. Free Guy, where Mariah Carey, was, the song <laughs> Fantasy, was prominent. So I'm like, hey, I wonder if that was like... Deliberate? Deliberate? I don't think so, I don't but, think I, so. but I'm like, oh, look at that. 
I honestly, I didn't even notice that. Really? I didn't. <laughs> okay. It was just me then. So one thing I also noticed is how much louder a movie theater was. I forgot. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm like, ooh. It's like, ooh. Yee. Okay. We can't, e- we can't even turn down the volume. Like, oh. Yeah. Did, when you're not in a theater for two years, peeps, that's what happens. <laughs> um, I loved the social media manager that they hired. Oh my goodness. Because we've all seen, I, I know you're not on Twitter as much, Mm-mm. but whenever I'm doing any of my marketing, there are always these posts that have like random hashtags. Whatever's trending is what's thrown up. Like, you know, hashtag Sean Mendez, hashtag awesome podcast, hashtag I have no idea. <laughs> okay. You know, and it's just the way everything be like, oh, new book coming out, hashtag Sean Mendez, hashtag book release, hashtag yay. The way she would just do that was I couldn't stop laughing. And I remember you looked at me and you're like, why are you laughing at that? I'm like, you don't use Twitter. Yeah. As it much. Was, it was but over I mean, my head. But on anything like TikTok, uh, any of the social media platforms, sometimes these hashtags are just so outlandish. Or they have nothing to do with whatever it is that you're that, tweeting that's about. That's what I'm saying. It's like you put okay. up a tweet. It's like, my dog died. Hashtag Sean Mendez. Hashtag. What? It's like, wait, what? <laughs> Should be hashtag Rainbow Bridge. You know, it's just, mm. it was so, sometimes it's so weird. And that's how they get more likes or more views. I'm like, wow, that's so on point. Yeah, totally went over my head. <laughs> Sorry. All good, though. Well, you know, the the song at the end went over your head. So, all good. This is true. All good. Okay, so any other cute that we want to talk about? The fact that we went on a date and saw a really fun movie for the first time in, in two, two years. years. Yeah. That was adorable. Except for the fact that we both needed to use the bathroom and couldn't pause. But neither here nor there. I would have been fine if I didn't have a broken (laughs) one. You are stuck on that. Stuck on it. All right. So uh, I think we are done with all the cute. So we can now do our Forever Fangirls rating because we've come to the end of our discussion of The Lost City. Yay. Okay. Okay. So drum roll, please. Okay, so we rate The Lost City four stars. Yay! Yay! And we agree on this rating. Now, we took a star off because the script was thin, but the acting was actually great. I really love Sandra Bullock, like I said, um, Sin Speed and Miss Congeniality. And I thought this was the type of movie that highlights her comedic abilities. So, you know, that's really cool. Plus, Channing Tatum. And he was acting goofy. (laughs) It was like really funny. So yes, um, it was an entertaining movie and I would highly recommend seeing it. Yeah, I I agree. I enjoyed it for what it was. I enjoyed it just for being entertainment and breaking away from everything that was going on. I really enjoyed the film. Escapism. Exactly. Escapism is exactly what what we needed. Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing it in an earlier showing before it was fully released um, worked well for us. Mm -hmm. There was less people in the theater. It was an odd day. That being said, on a personal note... I'm still not 100% comfortable in a theater. There were so many people in the theater. We were one of, or two of, a very small number of people that were still wearing masks. There were a lot of people coughing because allergies are high. It's change of season. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it, was a, it was hard for me because we've gone through two years of, you know, the pandemic. So it was very hard for me to adjust. Also, on the positive side, though, the way the audience reactions are, I missed that. Oh, yeah. The energy. 
I missed the laughter in mm. unison. I missed the, you know, everybody's like, oh, damn, you know, I missed right. that. Right. So if you are feeling comfortable or if you're uncomfortable, you can pick a different time, go to a matinee. Uh-huh. If you can, it should be on streaming. Like I said, 45 days possibly. Uh-huh. But there's so many other ways to do it. Allow yourself to watch it in your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, do I know if we're going to be going to a lot more movies? I don't know. I really don't know. I think maybe Doctor Strange, but that's going to be a huge film. So it's going to, for me, for my comfort level, it's probably going to have to be a matinee and it's going to be a little ways after it's been released so that there's less people. Right. And it'll, it'll take away from your enjoyment of the film if you're not feeling comfortable. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I wish everything could go back to how I felt BTP, AKA before the pandemic, but I, I'm not there yet. And you just need time. Yeah. So like I said, if if you feel comfortable, by all means, go out, go see it. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It is worth the money. We had a day. We had a date night. It was great. If you don't feel comfortable, it should be on streaming soon. Um, but if you, you want to wait, it is very much worth the rental um, or the purchase online if you'd like. I thought it was hysterically funny and it kept me engaged. And I actually am really upset I missed that one section. <laughs> so... <laughs> I plan on watching it again later on. Yeah. But is there anything else you'd like to add or am I done rambling? No, you're, you're good. I'm good. Okay. Well, that is going to be our show for today, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, if there's something we missed, just let us know. You have our socials. You can also leave us a message on speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast. And as always, if you're listening to this on your smartphone, please hit the like button and the subscribe button. And, uh, you know, hashtag Sean Mendez, hashtag awesome podcast, hashtag subscribe. <laughs> okay, see, now I understand where that's coming from. It's random. I, I learned something today. Anyway, Stop. until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember, riches are not always measured in gold, jewels, or money. Fairfax thought the crown of fire, or not thought, Fairfax saw it. <laughs> he thought about it? He thought about it and he and saw he it. Wanted it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Fairfax sought the crown of fire, but the real treasure is sometimes right in front of us. We just need to open our eyes and hearts to witness its beauty. 